0: What's up guys? We are back this week and I use we extremely loosely and back extremely loosely. It is me, Kevin Harris, and I am here with a guest High Street freak, uh Colin Hassell. He's it's, it's second second appearance. So I guess you're not like totally a guest this time, but uh you know, Ryan and DJ are still on vacation and they just kind of dumped this shit on my desk. And here I am. I had to call phone a friend here because otherwise I would have gone full Colin coward and just talked at you guys for like 40 minutes. But uh, thankfully Colin is here to spare you of that.
1: I mean, I'm just laying on the couch right here. I I, I fired the take cannon a few weeks ago, got all my Ohio state hoops takes off. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Depending on when people listen to this, Ohio State will either be uh, two games away from going to the NCAA tournament, or their season will be completely over, and Bryce Simpson Ball will be uh, on his way to Los Angeles to train for the NBA draft.
0: Yeah, isn't that awesome? Like, it's just you really, you really have no idea how this is going to go. And I think the funniest part is like the way that Ohio State's played right now. I could see the game going like anyway. Like you could tell me that Ohio State's gonna go out and win by like 15, I'd believe it. You could tell me they're gonna win by like three, I'd believe it. You could tell me they'd lose by like three, I'd believe it. You could tell me they lose by 35, I'd believe it. Like literally, there is not a single outcome that would surprise me tomorrow, and um, I think that's just hilarious because like I don't, I don't know if Michigan State is all like, it's not like Michigan State is the world's most like consistent team this year or anything either. So I don't know. I, I obviously. It 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 just it seems like a, a very like toss up game in terms of like not even like level of opponent, but just like who the fuck knows. Like that's just how, how it's been lately. Yeah, and, and but this is like
1: I mean this that's what's the weird slash funny part of this entire season. Is like we're sitting here and it's like Ohio State just won two games in the Big Ten tournament after the worst season and I don't know. Since I was in diapers, probably. And, and, and yet I could totally see them winning the conference tournament because oh, yeah. this is a year where Northwestern is the number two seed in the Big 10 tournament. How is Ohio State the 13th best team? How is, how is Ohio State finishing 13th in, in the Big 10? None of this makes any sense. It's sort of hilarious at this point. Um, and you're right. I remember last time I was on here, you said, they're too good to be this bad. And this is only going to bolster your argument, Kevin.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, I feel good about that. And I have been saying that all year. I've been tweeting several times and had that take several times that like, this is a genuinely good, a genuinely talented team. And like a bunch of people are like, no, it's not. I've seen them play. There's not good players on this team. There are, there's very good, very good players on this team. And I think, um, just, now i mean they're freshmen when you're playing like the, the starting lineup this year or this uh past game was four freshmen they've been playing four freshmen in the starting lineup um you know down the stretch and shockingly when they've turned good <laughs> it's been uh, on the heels of uh the the top 60 freshmen that they signed uh, shocking shocking turn of events you play your best players and uh they um you know to perform for you but the the freshmen are really good they re- like all of them are good um i think the weakest one right now is felix akpara and he also is like he, f- he has like flashes of good plays. I don't know if you like how much of the game you're over in LA and have a real job. I don't know how much of the game you watch, but like there were several times that I was like, yeah, I said would never, never make that play. Like there's a time when he got a rebound over like three guys. He had like this crazy, like chase down block at one point too. And like, there's definitely those times where he looks like a freshman or is like sleeping on a play or something like that. But he just like has raw talent. And I think that's what you see from like um, the other three guys too. It's just like, they're good basketball players and if you know maybe they would have put it together earlier in the season or given had a chance to had a chance to put it together. Um I, I don't I also don't think it's a coincidence that the team magically got really good when Zed Key uh got injured. And that's that's not a knock on Zed Key. I think he's a fine basketball player, but he's also not a player like the way Ohio State was playing was they were like playing through Zed Key. And I think if you're running your offense through Zed Key that's that's a problem because he's like a role player at best
1: i mean i'll push back on that a little bit in that they're actually playing they're they're they were fine to begin the season and then he got hurt and the real issue is that you were playing uh zed uh, a very injured zed yes and a very injured zed key uh is going to be problematic but i i you know it's it's so weird sitting here and, and looking at this team because if you were just to put the record and say like oh yeah Ohio State is zero and zero just look at it that way yeah you're looking at this team and you think okay well Bryce Simsonbaugh you know he's probably off to the NBA but you look at you look at uh, Bruce Thornton like you can imagine him being a real good three four year player yeah uh, Felix Okpara like he has all Big Ten potential no doubt Roddy Gale just had his best game as a Buckeye like oh and they're bringing in all these top 60 recruits you would be like whoa like things are really looking yep. up in Columbus and that's what makes this season so insane and so ridiculous 15 and 18 they right were right. 5 and 15 in the conference with these freshmen and and some seniors who you really thought actually could could compete for a Big 10 Big 10 title I don't know I don't even I don't even really know like everybody has talked everybody has given dropped these takes into the ocean over the past two months there's nothing even really to say anymore it's just like it's honestly crazy to crazy to sit back and watch and and really think about like how did this even happen how how did we get here
0: and it, it is wild though because like it is the ryan's not here to talk about this but it is like the perfect his tweet is just like playing out perfectly like they're going to end the season playing so well even if they go out at this point like at this point they've won like what four of their last five And so even if they lose to Michigan state this week, like they're tomorrow today, if you're listening to this now, even if they lose that game, like they finished really strong and you know, you know, Chris Holtman's going to be like, you know, like we, we did our job. We were playing our best basketball in March. Like who knows what would have happened if we would have snuck into the tournament. I promise you, he's going to say something like that. I promise you. And so like, even there is a very good chance that like they back their way into like maybe not a very good chance but a greater than zero chance they win the big 10 tournament and end up in the NCAA tournament like that's a wild thing to say and like that's not even just me like being like a blind fan because like frankly I don't I don't want that to happen because I know damn well what Chris Holtman's gonna say if that happens um but like I don't know it's it's just wild that it's playing out perfectly for Chris Holtman to have his annual like, ah, you know, like things, things didn't go our way, but you know, we were playing our best basketball at the end of the year. And I I think the the Cinderella like ending for this, like the most poetic ending would be for Ohio state to get into the tournament, win, win the big 10 tournament, and then get bounced in the first game in the NCAA tournament. Like that, that's what would be the perfect ending to this whole story.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I, I feel like everybody's probably thought of that scenario because one hundred percent, it's so, so obvious. It's 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 honestly sort of perfect. It's the, sort the, of perfect.
0: The next best that I thought about was like if Ohio State beats Michigan State and then is like either either plays like they're they're because I don't I don't think anybody actually like reasonably expects Ohio State to like win the tournament at this point because they they've still got to win like what three games, and so. Um, what would be really funny is if they beat Michigan state, like handily and maybe like Rutgers beats Purdue or something. And so then you're looking and you're like, well, shit, they got to win like two pretty winnable games and they're in the tournament. And then they just get like fucking smacked by Rutgers. Like (laughs) as as soon as they start to get like a little hope and people are like, Oh yeah, this is like, you know, like this is, this could happen. Like that, that's, that could be the, the second best option is like just as soon as the hope transpires, like it's just, it's gone.
1: Oh, totally. It's like you're looking at it and it's, oh, wow. Rutgers actually beat Purdue. Uh, we're looking on the other side of the bracket. It's it's Northwestern Maryland. Oh, my God. Like, imagine playing one of those teams. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. Now there's, unfortunately for uh, Ohio State, I, I can't imagine that this ends in anything other than exactly what every other game uh, in, in January and February ended. Yeah. One of these, one of these, well, uh, it's, it's just, it's a matter of time.
0: And it, and it does suck because, like, I'm watching this game and, like, several times the commentators are like, you know, the Buckeyes are playing their best basketball when it matters most. And I'm like, no, no, they're not playing their best basketball when it matters most because it mattered for them to win, like, five or six more games in the regular. Like, this isn't when it matters most. It would have only mattered the most if they, like, had a tournament to play for like they have to win the next three games for this to like and so i guess from that point of view but like shit i would have much preferred them to to be playing like slightly better in like five other games or something like that it's just like the the whole like talk about how um this team is like at its best when it when it needed to be or like i don't know there's just like on the flip side, we're talking about, like, them having a chance to win the title, but, like, the flip side of that narrative is just so insane to me. It's like, no, like, I, you needed to have your team playing at least fine in, like, January and February. At least fine. And they could not do that. And so I don't want to hear about how this team's playing its best basketball when it mattered most, when, like, the rest of the season didn't matter. So, maybe they'll shut me up and win the entire big 10 tournament and like get out of the first weekend. Like that, that'd be fucking hilarious. Honestly, <laughs> like it, it'd be such a troll for Chris Holtman at this point to make the tournament. And then this is the team that gets out of the first weekend. Like, I don't know, but I think what, what really gets me and we've talked about it a little bit is like this team actually is fun. Like I want to like this team. I like, I enjoy the players. I think that they are talented individually and it, blows my mind that they have not been as successful as they have this season because like they have the pieces and you can see it when they're like playing competitively with with these teams. And I think that's what blows my mind is like hypothetically, like the way Bruce Thornton's playing right now, um, the way Roddy Gale's playing right now, like this should be a team that's playing its best basketball in March. And it should be a team that nobody wants to play heading into the in the into the tournament. But unfortunately, they're not going to get into the tournament. So none of that fucking matters.
1: No, I don't even know what there is to say about this team anymore. It's like, it's, it's, it's incredibly disappointing for Ohio state. And also like what it does for you at the end of the season is like, gives you just enough hope yep. that the pieces are there next year. Like, yep. like it's, it's, it's unbelievable how every single season in the Chris Holman era, fucking one like of them. every one of them, you, the season ends in a way that you're not happy with, but you can always look at next season and convince yourself that they can do something like, I don't, I, I that's honestly, it's honestly a skill. Like, I don't know, like, like to, to put together Seriously. a roster that always has you optimistic.
0: Seriously. And, and it, it always like kind of ends the same way too. like the, will they, won't they um, with the, with the future first round pick um, or the, the NBA guy, like you, you kind of got the same thing with, uh, I mean, I to be clear, there really isn't a, will they, won't they like he's gone. You know, yeah. like, like, it, and it was, the, it was the same with Brandon last year, the people who were saying like, Oh, you can't play defense. Like it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be a top 15 pick and so, uh, Bryce is gone, but like, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, Oh, well, if this guy comes back, then like this team could be like a final four contender, you know, like that's, that's how it is every year. And that's how it's been for like three straight years. You can go back to like Cade Bates Diop, like when he left, I, God, it's, it is insane how this, how this always plays out. But, um, yeah, I mean, there really is there really is nothing left to say because like you said, this is the exact same way the season has ended for the past like five years. Like we've said it all because we said the same shit last year. You know, it was it was a little different, but like not much. The year before that, a little different, not much like they're playing great in March and it's gonna collapse. I don't know. It just doesn't matter. Um, it's it's frustrating, but um I guess the the thing that also is kind of funny here is, like, Ohio State has a terrible basketball team that is uh does not really deserve the attention that people are giving it, and we both spent a long time covering the women's team. And I don't know how much Ohio State women's basketball you've watched. I have a hunch that it's not much. You can correct <laughs> it's not me much. if I'm wrong. It's not much. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to make you talk... With, even if you don't um, – you you have a unique perspective here of, like, even if you haven't watched a game of this current Ohio State women's basketball team, you have a unique perspective of, like, you covered the actual program for, like, three years. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I've watched a ton of this women's team either, but from what I've watched, it is, like, fun as hell. And we've talked about it a little bit, how, like – I think we were kind of on the same page about, like, when we were covering the team and we saw, like, Kelsey Mitchell leaving and we're like, this program is fucked. Like, we are, you know, like, we we could just kind of see the writing on the wall. It seemed like, like, on some level, um, Kevin McGuff, like, like, sold his soul to get Kelsey Mitchell. Um, It it basically cost him a roster spot, two roster spots and a coaching spot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, And so I I don't, we're going to have to explain this because I don't think our average listener is keen on the roster and coaching construction of the, like what, 2016 Ohio State women's basketball team. So Uh, do you want to explain what happened or do you want me to do it?
1: I'll start because I just remember I got, I got, I was a Ohio State student reporter and I walked onto the beat and I knew nothing about it. It stopped. Kelsey Mitchell was really good, mm-hmm. and she's from Cincinnati, and that was Which pretty much be, all
0: I knew. To be clear, that's really all you needed to know to cover the team. Uh-huh. Like that was like every story you needed to write. Like, oh, Kelsey Mitchell dropped thirty-five. You know. Anyway, continue.
1: Except what I didn't really know is her dad was the defensive coordinator, and her sister was an end of the bench reserve. And do you think either wh- of
0: them were good at what they did?
1: Well his her sister never played, and the only reason that Ohio State was never quite as good as I thought that they should be during the time that we covered them is their defense was um I, I would say recent recent Ohio State football defenses
0: were better than them. It was horrific. It like horrifically bad. And yeah, it was like so like basically if you, if you can read between the lines there, in order to get kelsey mitchell ohio state essentially offered her sister who had no business playing division 1 basketball um at least it it like a a school like ohio state uh and her dad she they offered her a scholarship and her dad a coaching spot on 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 the coaching staff and like i don't even know if it was worth it I kind I I kind of like I go back and forth about whether it was because Kelsey, Mitchell, was like she was awesome, like she was really good, but like their defense was so fucking bad, like so bad. I don't I don't know, like it. I it was worth it. It was worth it. But I
1: but it was hard to say that I saw them. Uh, it, it, they 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 felt like they always sort of had some sort of a ceiling, um yeah. on on them and. When you have Kelsey Mitchell you should never really feel that way. But they if you remember, now I'm gonna drop some names that Oh my god. I mean, maybe maybe two people listening have, have heard of. <laughs> but when we when when Kelsey Mitchell was a senior, they brought in some freshmen yep. who were who were five stars. Uh Tori McCoy. Yep. I think her name was Kyra Lewis, if I remember Kiara, correctly. Kyra Lewis. Kiara, oh, yeah. thank you. Kiara, I have uh, I have a uh, New Orleans Pelicans point guard on my mind, uh, Kiara, <laughs> Kiara um, and they were they were really good. Yep. And then Kelsey Mitchell left, and they transferred. And I remember sort of looking at you and other people and being like, I don't know how Kevin McGuff is going to keep his job because he's losing Kelsey Mitchell, the freshmen who are supposed to take over are transferring. Something's clearly wrong with the program. And I don't know where they go from here. And I will be honest, I sort of put my head down. I started covering the men's team. I didn't pay all sudden, too much attention to the women's team. <laughs> and now we sit here, and I think that this team is potentially better than they were when they had Kelsey Mitchell on them and more fun. And it's honestly an incredible job by Kevin McGuff to get them here after what we witnessed.
0: Yeah, man. Like, I... And they were they were never bad is the thing, like they were never like like bad bad. Um, I don't think that they were great for like two years or so after Kelsey Mitchell left. Um, they had Dorca Yuha's, if you remember her at all. Yes. Um. So she was like a- an international player that was awesome, and that was another one where like she was heading into her senior year while Ohio State had a couple like talented freshmen that were coming in too, and um they they basically, they lost her to UConn. She transferred to UConn. And it's, like, like that was another, like, big blow that I was like, well, shit, like, they had a lot of momentum here, and then, like, you know, their best player, like, the girl that was kind of going to be, like, the foundation of their team, left to go to UConn. And, like, I, I can't blame her, like, to UConn. Um, yeah, I'd go there. Right. <laughs> great and, call. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, yeah, she did great. Like, she fit their system perfectly, like, a great plan. Um, But, like, that was another kind of big blow, but, like, If you look at this team, like it's, it's so damn good. And they were, they had like, they won 19 straight games to start the season. And, um, they were missing JC Sheldon, who is like the the star player like who everybody kind of expected to be like the team, um, I guess, uh, for, for most of the season. It's not the same thing as Kelsey Mitchell, but like she is like by far like the offense runs through her. I,
1: I'm currently looking at their stats. She's played nine games. She averages twenty four minutes a game, and she averages four point one steals a game, which well, is okay. absolutely
0: hilarious. Yep, yep. So she is she is. Uh, um, I don't know. She is like a more. I don't even know how to describe her. She's she's really good. I don't know if you've seen her play. Um, if you if you have not, you should tune in the the moral, the moral of this entire podcast here. And I don't think Collins really watched a lot of Ohio State basketball, women's basketball this year either. Um, they're going to be playing in the tournament. They're a very fun team. They have overcome like a ton of adversity and a ton of injuries here and still somehow like won 19 games, uh, 19 straight games became one of the top teams in the country. They got all the way up to number two in the country. Um, Even though they didn't have like their best player for the majority of the season, they have her back. Um, They've got a ton of weapons. Taylor Mikesell is like one of the best three-point shooters in the country. Um, Oh, I'm not even mentioning Cody McMahon is like an incredible, incredible freshman that they just like kind of stumbled on into. Um, She is like a, probably one of the most well-rounded Players I've ever seen at Ohio State since like Jantel Lavender, um, so she is awesome. It's just an awesome team that's fun. Uh, they have you know players at every position that can make a play. Um, it's just like and it is like genuinely enjoyable to watch. Like all of the all of the shit that the men take away from you, like the joy that they take away from you, um, the women's team like more than more than makes up for it. It's it's just like a wild dichotomy of watching like the men's team play and then watching the women's team and they're just like burying teams and like going on these like absurd runs and stuff like that like they had a 24 point comeback victory against the top seed in the big 10 tournament last weekend and like it it was awesome so i'll also say like it's worth
1: pointing out like part of part of the reason you mentioned this is that like people i feel like I don't know. I feel like this is going to happen forever, but people love talking about the expectations of Ohio State basketball. And you can just sort of look at the women's team and what they have been and what they are now and say, I mean, if they can do it, I don't really know why you should expect anything different from the men's team. And I think that's a completely fair thing to say.
0: And that's, that's totally fair. And like, the thing is that um, I think it's, it's really easy, especially in women's basketball, to kind of discredit, like, there's always that, like, tier one of of teams. And that's always, like, the Yukons, the South Carolinas, the Baylors sometimes. Um, so every now and then, like, Maryland will sneak on in there. Um, but, like, there's, like, there's tier one. And, like, those are the teams that are, like, going to win a national title. And I think, like, it's really easy for people to discount every other team if they're not in, like, that tier one. Um, but, like, Ohio State is, like, m- they're definitely in the next tier of teams, but they're like knocking on the door and they have been for a very long time of being able to at least compete or you know spring an upset against one of those teams in the tier one. Um like I I wouldn't pick Ohio State against over South over South Carolina, but like the way that they're constructed, it's not insane to think that like they could compete on the same court as a team like South Carolina this year. So it is it is very fun and then like just there's no difference in resources, you know, like it's the same. They, they work out in the same building. They have pretty much the same facilities as the men do. Um, And like, they're competing against like the same like level of national powers, like Yukon women's basketball and South Carolina women's basketball is like the same thing as competing with Duke. And um, oh, I, I don't even, I don't even know if there's like a the Gonzaga, I guess is up there now. But like, there's no excuse for Ohio State being a football first school when you've got the women's basketball team, you know, able to do what it's been able to do um, in the in the past over the past, uh, um, I, I guess like decade or so. It's been a long time at this point. And Kevin mcguff has been there a long time.
1: I feel like I feel like the point that you just made, talking so nicely about UConn and South Carolina, is. Your team fire Holtman, hire Don Staley. <laughs> I,
0: I would I would one hundred percent do it. Like I I have joked about that with I you know it's, it I've shouldn't joked, be a joke. I've joked uh, well, I, well yeah it was she's, not a joke. She's I, legit. I've mentioned it to to one of my friends. Um, he's probably listening to this podcast. His name's Mason. But we've talked about that. Like literally tomorrow, I would do it. I would fire Chris Holtman and hire her. At least roll the dice, you know. Like at least that's fun. At least you're trying something. Like,
1: well, do you do you know that her South Carolina team this year is 32 and 0? Yeah, they're awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I trust her. I trust yeah, her. No, no, she 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 knows what she's doing. I I just I don't know. I just the way, I the way that Ohio State has settled for mediocrity in men's basketball. It's frustrating when you see success that every other program is having you know like you could say the same thing about you could say the same thing about like ohio state men's basketball that you say about like women's hockey or something like that like why should ohio state be a women's power or a power in women's hockey i mean why the hell not you know like it's just it's the resources are there this is a program that has historically been a very good program and it's just not there now so um it's frustrating but yeah, hundred percent. I would take her. I would take her you tomorrow. The, the,
1: the good thing about this Ohio State men's basketball team is uh, everybody gets to have the same conversation again next year because yeah, right. Uh, this is how this works. It's gonna be the it's it'll be the same script. It's gonna
0: who, who be do thrilling. You, who's who's next year's one and done? We can call this right now. Um, I'm I don't even. <sighs> it's I mean, in all honesty, I I don't know
1: that I see somebody who I would choose right now, like. Like I, I personally think of of the freshman Nets. I just I don't know a ton about Tyson Chapman, but I just don't yeah. see a guy who's his size and sort of has his skill set being somebody who's a one and done. But I think like Devin Royal, I think is going to be a great college basketball player and play. I I don't know. I, I just I think he's like a two or three and done. And I don't know, like if you're if you're Chris Holtman, you're selling yourself to Gene Smith about like why I need another year. It's like, oh, look right. at these guys. Like we're building all these multi year guys exactly. and now everybody's gonna run the treadmill again next year and we'll see if anything's different. The good thing about seeing the same results and the same process for six years in a row is uh it could be could be different in year seven. Everybody is <laughs> really excited yeah. for this,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I, I I'm I'm kind of the same way with um the incoming class like I I have been not to not to you know uh talk myself up too much but I have been like no, go for it pretty damn spot on about looking at the incoming freshmen and um and figuring out who's going to be good and who's not I called the shit out of Malachi Branham really early too um I think a lot of people did there I know you did you were, you were in on Malachi um I uh you know for sure I called the shit out of Bryce Censorball very early too. Um and I also was really high on Bruce Thornton. There's receipts on all of these. Um and so those Yeah, you know, you're were, really you're really bold going going all in on, on these top fifty guys. Well yeah, I mean I mean but but still like <laughs> the ones kidding, that yeah, I yeah, the yeah, ones no, that I'm picking. The one that I'm, the ones that I'm picking, like I, I also said like Felix Akpara is not a guy that's going to come in and like immediately be immediately dominate games, and that's kind of how it's been. Um, Roddy Gale, like he was the highest rated one of the of the group, and I, I love him. I think he's great, but like he's not, you know, your one and done type of guy. He's going to be around the program through four years, so um, I don't know. It's just, but but to that point, I'm looking. I've been looking at these the kids coming in, and I don't really see a one-and-done type of player, which is wild because almost all of these guys are higher rated than almost all of the guys that were brought in last time. Um, but I, I just I don't necessarily see a one-and-done type player in these uh, three top 50 guys that are coming in next year, which maybe is good news, you know, because that seems to just fuck everything up when <laughs> one of the guys is too good. So maybe it's good news that these guys are, like, probably going to stick around for two years. And what's even better is, like, if Ohio State can see, like, Probably is going to return three starters. Um, you know, obviously Bryce is, is going to be gone, so they're going to return three starting freshmen. Um, there's just not a, a lot of like a lot of room to maybe like rely or put up put these guys on the court, and so um, they're going to have to like they're going to play as reserves and might not like set the world on fire. So there's there's a chance that you have um, a couple of these really like. Talented guys that stick around for two, three, four years, which I think is what Chris Holtman has has wanted and kind of dreamed of for.
1: So I think what you're saying is, is by 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 year ten. Yeah, year ten. They're probably gonna win. They're probably gonna be top sixteen big ten.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe get get to the sweet sixteen in year ten. So I I think mm-hmm. I think that's what's that's what's frustrating, and I, I we don't need to talk about this over and over and over, but like. Well,
1: we already have. But it's we already all right. have. We'll keep like, they,
0: There's there's just no reason. Why, um, why the um, why this team should not be successful, given its roster construction? And I think we were we didn't we weren't actually planning to to talk about this. Um, I didn't pull this up, so I'm I'm gonna have to read you the stat here. But I keep coming back to this. Um, this is from I gotta pull up the tweet. Uh, Jeff Borzello of ESPN is their ESPN college basketball insider. Um, so the tweet says, of the top 100 recruits in 2022, only 17 are averaging double figures in scoring this season. So Bryson Spall is for sure one of them. Um, good on good on Chris Altman there. But of the top 100 transfers, 62 are averaging double figures. And so basically what that says is everybody in the country like, everybody in the country has figured out how to win with transfer players but Chris Holtman. And I think that is the biggest indictment on him than really anything else is that he has just, like, bombed the transfer portal. Like, absolutely bombed the transfer portal. And when all of these other programs are, um, you know, finding a lot of success, going to the portal and getting – a guy that can immediately come and help their team, a guy or two who can immediately come and help their team. Chris Altman cannot seem to find, I mean, who's justice suing has got to be the best transfer and he might be one of the most frustrating basketball players to wear an Ohio state uniform in like a decade. Like I, it's just so frustrating when the, the, the other tweet is only about seven top 100 freshmen, um, are making a noticeable noticeable impact this year essentially if you're not landing a five star the better bet for an immediate impact is almost always a transfer player like to read somebody say that like based with like numbers and look back at how atrocious chris Altman's transfers have been like it's so frustrating because like there's a road map here and the like path to victory is to you know have success with with transfer players and we've tried, you know, high-stage tried, and, and, and it's not working.
1: No, I mean, you gotta, I I, I think uh, everybody knows that in the transfer portal world, these days, uh, bag, bags are being dropped at, at every turn, and I'll just say this, like, you sort of need an instant impact, couple couple of instant impact transfers that are, like, transfers that high majors really, really want, and I'll just be interested to see how Ohio State can play that? Because I just, I, I don't totally know what their willingness is to get involved with, with the Nigel Pack two-year eight hundred thousand dollar deal that that he got last year. When otherwise, I sort of think he might have been going to Ohio State. But
0: yep, no, I I agree, I agree. And instead, they got Tanner Holden, who is hasn't played yeah. since like like January or something like that. I, Suboptimal, not yeah. great. So so I I don't. I don't know. I mean every now and then one kind of pans out like I love Sean McNeil. I think he's cool. Um like he's, he's good at his job, which is better than you can say about almost anybody else they signed. Um so I I don't know. It's it's just been abysmal. I know we've talked about this already, but like it's just so frustrating to see um like teams make their living and make their assemble their entire rosters around the transfer portal. Ohio State hasn't had, like, one, one transfer. Like, of, of the three guys that they got, like, Holden, uh Likely, and McNeil, like, those all kind of seemed like coin flip guys that could, like, potentially, like, have a great, like, big impact on your program. And, like, all three of them were, by all accounts, like, misses. You know, like, they're, like, they're fine, like, additions to an already good program, I guess. But, like, those aren't, like, program changers, I don't know, it's just Kevin, it's fr-
1: can, I, can I talk about my favorite transfer and transition us maybe a little bit?
0: Yes, please,
1: please. Alright, I just want I, I'm not, I, you know, back in the day of course, covering Ohio State, I would have been all over this, but you and you explained to me, Ohio State's third string quarterback being a seventh year transfer from Oregon State and, and, and I just this is my favorite story that nobody cares about, but I just can't get enough of the <laughs> fact that 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 if you're if you're basically a Chris Chuganov, a Gunner Hoke, uh, a Tristan Gebbia, I, I'm not I, honestly I'm not 100 percent sure how to pronounce his God name. Knows, man, I don't know either. Uh, but I just love that there's an industry out there where it's like, you know, if you just haven't really had success at quarterback, if you just want to just sort of just sort of take That's some awesome. practice snaps and and just you know maybe maybe at the end of the season get a get a championship ring. You can just transfer to Ohio state, just spend your seventh year, be a 24 year old in Columbus and and just start sort of, sort of ease into professional life. I just, I I love, I love, this is still going on.
0: Well, and, and, and the best part is like, he like says that he has plans to be an assistant coach on some level. And like, that's cool. But like, I don't know, like it, it just is a like great con. Because he's got nothing to lose. You know, like, worst-case scenario, he hangs out and, like, chills is the third-string quarterback.
1: No, 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 Kevin, Kevin. The worst-case scenario is Devin Brown wins the job. Kyle McCord McCord transfers. transfers. Something happens to Devin Brown where he unfortunately has an injury. I know, knock on wood over here. Uh, And then Lincoln Keenholtz comes in. And Lincoln Keenholtz is a freshman whose best competition was – somebody who looked and and played like me and and it's like, Oh no, he's not ready. So Tristan, so Tristan all of a sudden has to take snaps behind center in the Michigan game. That Kevin is the worst case scenario. So,
0: but so what is very funny is I, I knew, I'll just, I knew, um, Chris Chuganov's barber. And I know, I know this is probably, uh, um, like not, Super important information or anything like that, but um, <laughs> this, this 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 is great great insider info. But I knew, um, and I think I've actually said this already. But I knew Chris juganov's barber, and I remember he came to Ohio State for the sole purpose of being the fourth string quarterback. And I don't, I think he came when Dwayne Haskins was the starter, Tate Martell was behind him, and Matthew Baldwin was behind him. Like I think, I think that was, and he was the fourth string guy, on on that roster, and obviously we know how that all played out. Dwayne left, Justin Fields came in, and Tate Martell and uh, Matthew Baldwin both transferred, and so suddenly, your quarterback room looks like Justin Fields and Chris Chuganov, and I have heard from Chris Chuganov's barber. That he was profoundly disinterested in being Ohio State's backup quarterback for the exact reason that you just described. Because he wanted no part of ever being Ohio State's starting or first string or playing quarterback. And he's looking around and seeing, hmm, there's this guy who likes to scramble sometimes, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. And there are no other scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, and so from what I have understand and what I have been told, he literally begged Gunner Hoke to come to Ohio State so that if Justin Fields got hurt, Gunner Hoke would be the backup quarterback, and he would not have to play um, or, or or be the backup quarterback. But I don't even think that worked out for him because I think when Justin Fields did get hurt. In 2019, against Michigan, or in the Michigan game, I think it was Chris Chuganov who went in the game. I'm I'm not 100% certain, but he got hurt for like a play, and I think Chris Chuganov was the one who came into the game, and he handed the ball off once, and then Justin Fields came in and threw a crazy touchdown pass to Garrett Garrett Wilson, and everybody kind of forgot about it. But I so I don't even think it worked out for him. I think he actually would have been the backup quarterback, but um, God God had favor on him, and he never had to play.
1: I just wanted to give you an update, in case you're interested. Just went to his Instagram. Chris Chekanov is a he's a trainer down in South Florida. He's growing out yeah, that up beard. Like this is honestly, it's it's the perfect back quarterback I, life. And this I, is I why know. this is why I envy him and, and Gunnar Hoke and all these others is because like you sort of get all the benefits of being an Ohio State quarterback without. Without without the full benefits of uh, being a millionaire <laughs> first round yeah. draft pick, yeah. but also without the drawbacks of actually uh, getting getting people in your DMs all day telling you that uh, your forty to to fourteen quarter touchdown to interception ratio is 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 the worst thing they've ever seen and that you should yeah. transfer to the D two. Did
0: you did you see the the um the C J Stroud one where he was getting his hate? Did you see this one? I, you'd, know exactly talk, you'd know exactly what I'm talking. you know exactly what I'm talking about if so. He he shut down all his social media. He was not on Instagram. He was not on Twitter or anything like like actively during the season. He said, um, but he said that people still found a way to shit talk him. They would Venmo him a dollar so that they could shit talk him in the caption.
1: Of, that's of, that's uh, insane human behavior. And <laughs> I, uh, like any of those people
0: should be locked up but (laughs) like i mean at least you get a dollar to to hear the the insults or whatever but like isn't that wild because you can't really like dm on on you know venmo it's not a a social media but they found him on venmo and would venmo him a dollar and be like you fucking suck so um that that's 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 one of my my favorite like maybe the internet was a mistake stories of of recent recent years but yeah, man, it's
1: for behavior, but, but
0: spe- spe- speaking of quarterbacks, I, I want to hear your take on um, two things about Devin Brown. I have been I'm, I'm a big Devin Brown guy. I think most of us are, are Devin Brown guys. I would love to see him be the starting quarterback. I think he's super fun. I love his athleticism, whatever. So first one is he straight faced revealed this week that he grew up idolizing Tate Martell. What, what, what are your thoughts on him idolizing Tate Martell?
1: Well, I just like, I, Ryan, Ryan isn't here to speak for himself. So I feel like, I feel like I should mention that the way I saw that is because I saw him quote tweet it and say that Kyle McCord just gained, gained a new fan or something (laughs) to that effect, which I enjoyed. But, uh, I, I had to watch the video to see it myself because I couldn't believe it. Um, I couldn't believe that Tate Martell's name in the year 2023 came up in an interview session. And I think Unrupted. that my main take...
0: Like, no nobody asked him about it either. Like, oh, he yeah. was the one who initiated and said, I looked up to Tate Martell. Like... So my main takeaway was not necessarily
1: about Tate Martell, but we can get back to this. But more so, that he is maybe the most normal-sounding quarterback I've ever seen oh, in my life. Oh, he's just life. a dude. He's just a dude. He is a normal guy who happens. And this is like, this never happens. With the I, quarterbacks at the Ohio State level. I could not believe how, when he's just talking, it's just like, oh yeah, no, like Tate Martell. Like that was like, <laughs> like I, I thought those videos, like I remember watching highlights and it's just like, wow, you were me. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's just normal human behavior. And like, I was thinking. 'Cause I, I I would try to just sit there for like five minutes and just think like who are like the other normal guys? And like I was just thinking like like Nick Petit Frere, I always came he always came across as like just like the most normal human being who just happened to be like six foot five and an yeah. NFL tackle. Like Garrett Wilson was pretty normal despite he was being yeah. one of the most athletic people I've ever seen. Like Luke Whipler always seemed pretty normal. But like a quarterback being a normal human being. Like, I, like not giving canned answer, just like, just sort of talking, just yeah. shooting the breeze. Like the, the that, closest that, I was like, what is this?
0: The closest was, I, I don't know how he was at LSU, but closest was Joe Burrow. A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. No, it's a great call. He,
0: he was just, he's like kind of that way now, even in the NFL, but like yeah. he was, he was just like that. That's how, cause P, there is, I saw a debate on Twitter, like, is Joe Burrow cool? And I'm like, I don't know. But he's just like a profoundly normal person. Like that's yeah. what's that's what's hilarious. Like he like he's like a guy that like you would just like like come across and like be friends with and like yeah, you have not, a great conversation. And it's right. just like yeah, it's and just like, talking like about normal you, things. If you met that guy, if you met Joe Burrow and you had never watched a football game in your life. And you just like met him at like you were flying next to him on a plane, and you had no idea who he was. There is zero indication, like from a conversation that you would have with him, that he is anybody remotely important. Like zero. Like it, at least at least from the way that like he talked at Ohio State. I obviously have not interviewed him or anything since he's he's been with the Bengals or anything. But like the dude is just like a profoundly normal person, and like that's it, that's Devin Brown has always kind of given me Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow vibes. But in in that way, just that they're just like, they're just like normal dudes. They're not like the guys that have had microphones stuck in their face um, their entire life. And if they have, like, it clearly hasn't changed them. They're not really, like, interested in, like, being, like, a star quarterback or anything like that. Like, they love to play football. They love to win. But, like, you can just talk to them like a normal person and probably ask them about, like, their favorite cartoon or something like that, and they would have, like, a real answer or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That's, like just, that's underrated. hundred. I mean no disrespect in this, but, like, C.J. Stroud played maybe the best game by an Ohio State quarterback I've ever seen in the Georgia game. Like, honestly, I, I thought he was that good. He was insane to me. Uh, but I don't know that I could have a conversation with him that would last more than 30 seconds that didn't involve football because yeah. – He's just like, he's a quarterback. Like that's, that's who he is. That's, that's what he is. That's what he cares about. And like, that's part of the reason he's awesome. And like, he's so smart, but also he's just a, he's a quarterback. Like that's, 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 that's who he is as a person. And like, when he's in an interview setting, like, he's just sort of going to talk about how he processes the game, you know, who he's looked up to all these things. And Devin Brown, I'm like, wait, you know, you're not supposed to say that you looked up at Tate Martell, right? Like, and then he's like, no, it's just sort of, it's just sort of, yeah, like that's what it was. Like, what do you want? Like, I was telling you.
0: Yeah. Like, what what, what, what do you want me to do? Why? you know,
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, I guess you're right. It's just like talking to, I guess we're just having a conversation here, which is not ever the case with quarterbacks.
0: Well, and the, the more I thought about that answer, though, like the more I was like, a- again, it was a very normal answer and was probably totally honest because he did not say like Tate Martell at Ohio State or Tate Martell because he's an Ohio State quarterback. Like, that's not why he said it. He grew up in the area and like Tate Martell was probably the shit. in when he was in like middle school, Tate Martell was like in high school and was like low key, like one of the most dominant quarterbacks in high school history, like uh, like Seriously, maybe, like, Tim Tebow's up there. Um, I'm sure there's some other guys, too, but, like, Tate Martell never lost a game, put up just absolutely bonkers numbers as both a rusher and throwing the ball. Um, Like, by all accounts, like, he was one of the most successful quarterbacks, dual-threat quarterbacks, like, ever at the high school level. And so, like, it makes complete sense that, like, a middle schooler in the area would, like, idolize that dude because he's probably like hears about him and like maybe went to a few of his games. Like that's what he did on the weekends and stuff like that. And like, he's like, Oh yeah, I want to be like Tate Martell. Like that makes all the sense in the world to me, which makes even like it, even more hilarious that he just like said that, you know, like he wasn't like watching the NFL and like breaking down people's games. Like he was watching this dude who was fun as hell and like watched him play in high school. Like that's just the most honest answer possible. And like I get it, you know, like is is a middle schooler? My I was once a middle schooler myself. Like, I when you're in middle school, like you do probably idolize the dudes who are right in front of you.
1: Yeah, like if I were, it's like the same thing. Do you remember the seventh Woods highlight tape? This is yes. a real pull. This, yes. He was a seventh grader at the time, and he yep. looked like he was an all NBA player in the highlight tape. If somebody was like, if a, if if like Bryce Sensenbaugh was like, oh yeah, like I remember back in the day, like. I grew up idolizing 7th Woods. Yeah. My brain would melt for a second. I'd be like, wait, you're just like one of us. <laughs> you, like an- another Woods one? was a terrible college basketball player, but that 7th
0: grade highlight video was awesome. Do, do you remember Cody Paul? I somehow missed the Cody Paul era. Okay, you you, you got to look up when we're done with this. You can even do it on your computer as we're watching if you want, and we can keep talking about it. Um, Cody Paul highlights and he was like a, a peewee football player like he was like 12 years old and his his highlights are nuts and everyone was like certain that this kid was going to be like the next like reggie bush and i don't even know if he played college football but like it's it's the same sort of thing like yeah i looked up to cody paul like i wanted to be like cody paul and 100%. and so like i, I totally get it it's, it's not a bad answer but another one that yeah, I, I assume you're pulling up the highlights now so i'll let you do that but we're going to keep talking um another one that makes him just like a normal dude is that this motherfucker is going to wear the number 33 this season yeah i don't i, I thought <laughs> it, was for, it was for sammy ball yeah was that's like i was like, like that's that's simultaneously like cool but also like Are you serious? Like, I I don't remember. I mean, I guess
1: I don't think the words Sammy Ball have come out of my mouth in the first 27 years of my life. So honestly, I just love the fact that he's just like, I'm sure that this wasn't like a deep thinking like, oh man, like, I don't know what number I'm going to wear. I'm fairly certain it was like, oh yeah, I I remember like, I I used to like Sammy Ball. Like he was 33. That would be cool.
0: Uh, I'm going to do that. Yeah, so, like, the way that he told the story was, like, his dad, you know, like, told him about, um, like, he, he, like, talked to his dad about Sammy Ball, like, growing up, and his dad, like, shared, like, that he was, like, the first pro football Hall of Famer, and probably, like, your son wants to be a quarterback, and you, like, find, like, this old tape, and it's like, oh, this guy's cool, you should look at the old quarterbacks, and he really stuck, and so he said, like, he wore 33 all the way up until he got to like high school and then somebody else mm-hmm. had 33 and he had to wear number 15. So you watching Cody Paul?
1: Yeah. You know, my main takeaway from this is it's 15 years old. And because of that, we sit here in the year 2023 and the highlights are less impressive because I've seen so many 12 year old highlight videos just like on the internet, just <laughs> randomly scrolling through the internet It's over totally the last 15 fair. years. It's, totally it's like fair. when this came out though, 15 years ago, this was a banger. I mean, this was everything you could hope for. But nowadays, yeah. you look at it, it's like, you know, he's good. He's good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, there's like, uh, there's been a surplus in, um, like, videos that I've seen on Twitter and, uh, and on TikTok of, like, this is the a top 10 third grader. Like he's, he's, he's ranked in the top 10 of his third grade class. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. The fact that you said the top 10 and not the top ranked means that one, like there are other kids ranked and two, he's not the best one. Like there've been several of those. It's like, Oh, he's ranked in the top five of the 2032 class or something. And I'm like, wait, what, what, who, who are the other kids and like that has okay. happened several times I've only done this once in my memory
1: but I have I have thought I, there there's been one kid who I looked at as a kid and I was like like this is in maybe the last half decade where I was like I think that guy's actually gonna be awesome <laughs> and it was so I when when Michi Johnson committed, Mm. Ohio State basketball back in I don't know when that was twenty nineteen I, I honestly I don't really remember but when that happened I went to Garfield Heights did a story on him talked to him for a while it was it was a great great conversation um, talked to his dad um, his brother was there his little brother who at the time had to be like a fifth grader I mean no 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 larger than that. But I was like, this kid's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> this kid's crazy. I don't understand it. So I've been following from afar a little bit, just over the years, just to be like, you know, the and because of Michi Johnson's social media presence, I know that this kid is not going to be like in the in the darkness. Like, I'll know if he's good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good, Kevin. He is like, a 20-26 point guard from cleveland ohio and again 2026 he's not graduating okay. until 2026 and he's got offers from seton hall nebraska georgia tech alabama arizona state uh and a couple others and so i called
0: this real early.
1: i'm just saying if, if marcus johnson is an all-nba player i want my credit
0: I want my credit. Oh, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You hear me. You you hear me talking about Bryce sensible, calling him like two years early. Like if you called this kid as a fifth grader. (laughs) Yeah, man. Even, even if you just like, like that's impressive enough. If he like ends up is like a third team, all American or like an all conference (laughs) player, like that, that isn't itself impressive enough that you can look at a fifth grader and be like, yeah, that that kid's going to play in the the
1: all i'm saying is i want it i want a text message or if we're even doing text uh in 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 2037 and just i just want it's just just simple colin you were right and i'll know what you're talking about i promise
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah i'll I'll give it to you but i think the closest i had was actually a kid i played with um in rec football i was i played rec football for like one year i was terrible just just terrible as bad as you can't imagine that yeah, I was, I was, I played corner. I, it was terrible. Um, but one time our like running back or basically our team, um, he was basically our entire team. Um, we were, uh, I, my mom yelled at me for like not tackling him or something like that. Like maybe I got trucked by him or something like that. And like, after the game, my mom was like, man, like you really should have gotten Trey. Like you, you should have, you should have like I, like, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I was like, mom that kid's going to play in the NFL. And she was like, and she was like, no, like, that's like your exact, like, she like was like, called me, like, uh, like, like called me bluffing. Like, no, like, like he is, um, he's not that good. Like you, you can, you can play with him. And I'm like, no, like he's, he's going to be in the NFL. Like I, pr- I promise he's at least going to go to college for free. Like that he is very good. Like it's no shame in me getting trucked by this kid. And he did. Um, his name was Trey Matthews. He is not actively in the NFL, but he actually was, if you remember the pass um, that bounced off of uh, a Georgia player's chest and landed in the Auburn players um, hands for a touchdown in that miracle like where they had like all of those crazy wins. He was the one who the pass bounced off his chest, I believe. Um, it, he was at least one of the two players back there. So if you Google Trey Matthews, you'll probably come up with there. But he did go to the NFL briefly, and so I was a little vindicated that the kid that I was getting trucked by did, in fact, go to the NFL, and I was not just, you know, making shit up. So I I can uh, can feel a little vindication there. But
1: I love this. He was the 77th best uh, recruit in the country. So I'm going to give this to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was – I was I was pretty pretty on there, but he he was he was really good. He was our team, and I I like do remember my mom was like you just need to be more aggressive. Like you could have gotten him. I'm like no like that. Like I I promise you this kid's gonna play in the NFL. Like I I promise. And I was right, so
1: congratulations. Yeah, That's what, yeah. So,
0: but uh, yeah man, I I I guess the I don't know how much I want to talk about this. It's gonna make me mad, but um before we get out of here, we have to mention um Marvin Harrison Jr. who also is going to play in the NFL I think famously Um, we think I mean we don't want to we don't want to project too far ahead I think so I I you know I I love spring practice it's one of those times where you can just like look forward to really anything and talk yourself into pretty much anything if you're like an optimist and I like to be an optimist but I logged on to Twitter and I scrolled down and it did not take me long. One of the first videos I saw from Ohio State's spring practice was that Marvin Harrison Jr. was Ohio State's first team punt returner. Punt returner. And I like, I try not to get like mad about things in like spring practice because like a lot, there's a, a lot of stuff can happen between now and, you know, whenever it starts. But I, I like, I tried to like talk myself out of being angry about that, but there's just like no defensible reason why he should have been back there as a punt returner. And obviously like everyone else kind of said the same thing and they got like completely flamed for the decision to, to put him back there. And, and he was back there again today. And and he, he – you're holding up a finger to stop me. Well, I just want to talk, talk me into this being fine. <laughs> I'm going to talk you
1: into it not being a code red situation. But here's the good thing is, like, you sort of need to keep the juices flowing, and this got the juices flowing. I mean, I can only imagine if Ryan was on this podcast what yeah, things would he said. But he had an interview today I saw the Thursday. Radio. He said that he doesn't expect to return funds. So – Okay, it's not so, a worst
0: case scenario. So, so, so he, here's the thing though. Like, I I thought about that, and like as I saw, I I went through this whole like like stages of of denial and like I, I went through all the stages here. And so like at first I was like motherfucker, they're gonna get him injured. And I was like, wait, it's just practice, you know? Like they're <laughs> not they're they're not gonna let him hit. Like nobody's gonna like go and like level him on like a fair catch or something. Like it's gonna be fine. But then like I I, I started thinking about it, and I was like, there's there's no way that he actually returns punts in a game like no way and like i was at peace with that and then i started thinking about it and i was like but if there's no way that he actually returns punts in a game why why is he taking first team reps is the team's first string punt returner in practice because famously rather famously parker fleming did not have a backup option when Emeka Ibuka went down with an injury, he did not have a backup option prepared as kickoff returner. And he let Julian Fleming do it despite really probably no practice at doing it presumably because he said that he wanted to. That was like, that was literally what happened. Like, like Julian was in his ear and said like, I want to return kicks. And like they, they by all accounts did not have a backup option there. And Julian Fleming did it. And, he fumbled one kickoff and I believe like had a fair catch on another one. So my, my whole point here is like they famously are lacking depth at the punter position or the punt returning position and have several guys that by all accounts would be good punt returners, like Xavier Johnson, um, Evan Pryor uh, Martinez. Yeah. Is he, is he still around?
1: (laughs) I promise he's still around. I mean, we'll get some post spring transfers, but
0: he's still around. Okay, Cam Martinez. I mean, he's he, that's that's legit. He's, he's he's was really good in high school. Um, you know, Brandon Innes, like, I don't. He, I think he early enrolled. That's beside no, he didn't.
1: the other receivers did, but the other, the other did But, but the maybe, one that I wanted. That's to. the reason why Marvin's back there is yeah, because Brandon. Yeah, because <laughs> Brandon
0: Brandon Ennis is going to be the guy. But my point is like, like yes, I don't actually believe that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to return punts, but is like atrocious is the special teams were across the board, especially when you got into the depth. Why are we wasting reps on somebody who's not going to play the position? Like that just makes no sense to me. I think that's a great take. And and the other thing I'll say
1: is like, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm certainly wouldn't say that people should freak out about this, but <laughs> Ohio state has a history of putting people back for punts and kicks and everybody else being like, why did you choose that person? Because, Kevin, I have one in mind, But and this is putting you on the spot a little bit. Do you have a favorite person who, who Ohio State put, put back there for either a kick return or a punt return? And you're like, of all people, how did you end up with him? Because I got one. I got a good one, and I can go first if you want. You can go. All right. The one I could never understand. And this was like a plan as in they, they, this was the, this was their intention and I could never believe it. Do you remember that Mike Weber was their kicker turner? Oh my God. Yeah, I do remember (laughs) that. He never once came remotely close to breaking one. I could, I, I mean, there was no justification for that, for that decision.
0: No, that 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 was wild. The most indefensible one to me was actually this year. And it was Chip Trianum was a kick returner when he was actively a linebacker. Yeah, I know he switched to running back like towards the end of the season, but this dude was in the linebackers room and just suddenly he was returning kicks. And it was after Julian Fleming had his snafu with like not being able to so they they like I forgot about this. They tabbed him to, to be the kick returner, a, a backup linebacker. So, like, like what are we doing? You know, like, it's one thing if, like, the special teams have been totally fine and, like, it's great and, like, there's no reason to be concerned at all about the special teams, like, whatsoever. Like, yeah, sure. You know, toss Marvin Harrison back there and, like, let him improve his, like ball catching or whatever he, he said he wanted to improve on. Ball remember. tracking. Ball You're tracking. Close. Ball tracking. He wanted to improve his ball tracking. If there's anyone in the world that doesn't need to improve their ball tracking, know, it's Martin that's Harrison. The fun-
1: that's the funniest but, part about it. That's like, oh, I'm LeBron James. I just, I want to improve my
0: dunking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like come on. My, my transition okay. <laughs> dunking, like, I just really needed to improve that. Like, come on. So uh, the whole situation is just, like, insane. And, like, no, I, 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 I think, like, a lot of the criticism of like anytime we like complain about Parker Fleming is like, it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, well, no, it's not. But if this was like a weak point on the team, like the special teams across the board were not good and like we're just dicking around on special teams, like that's like, that's what they're doing, right? Like they're not serious. He's back there, like just screwing around. Like that's essentially what's happening. It's, it's honestly,
1: it is a great point that Parker Fleming actually is one job and it's the smallest job on the team and it's to coach the special teams. And you'd imagine that because you're only doing that, you really have, you really meticulously plan out who you Everything. want to do, who you want on in certain areas. And if you want your punt return to be really good. And I know part of this is, I think these they said I'm would be back there, but he's not on the field right now. So they have other guys, but if you want, if you want to prepare for Emeka Buka to not be there during the season, for for any reason at all, do this you not want? Do you not want to put somebody else back there to to give some reps? Like what is there is there not another way that Marvin Harrison Jr. can work on his ball tracking than than on catching a punt? I don't it is I it don't
0: is know. sincerely baffling. Like it's it's not that this is like a make or break thing, but it's just like it's a pattern. This is a chance to improve on something. Like, do you do you not want your punt return to be good? Like, do you not think you need to practice it like that? And like I, I'm just very confused. Like this is a chance to practice and they just like decided not to. They decided they're just going to screw around instead. Like, I, I, it's just very confusing. I'm, I don't even think I'm mad. I think like I'm just like, I'm very why? confused. Like, like, yeah. why and how and who like okayed that? Like, is that like, was that like a condition of him not transferring to USC? Like, let me practice punts. Like, I, I, like, I'm just very, like, there has to be a reason. And it's just, there have been like a lot of things about specifically the special teams that I think like, there has to be a reason why this is happening but like by all accounts there's not you know like i i i just i just don't know i i it it makes no sense to me at all like you're just essentially with him being back there is the first team like like punt returner you're just like refusing to practice essentially is what you're doing every time he's back there you're like ah you know like we, we don't need to practice this we'll just we'll just let him take it i i just It's, it's, it's mind blowing to me, like just, just mind blowing. And if that's, if that's how they're approaching punt return, I think is another issue I have. If that's how they're approaching punt return, does that mean they're doing that with other shit too? Like, are they just like tossing people out? there? like, let's, let's just have some fun and do this. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm not watching every rep. Like maybe like who's to say i love it I, i'm proud of you kevin it's
1: hard for spring football to bring a bring a good good uh just concerned rant out but parker fleming is good for that that's he why is. he's around he that's is. why he's around. he's he's they might not be getting their punt return reps in but you're getting your complaint reps in and that's what really matters yeah.
0: i i would respect it so much if it was like actually just like an elaborate troll and they're like these motherfuckers are gonna flip the fuck out if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes out there like when the media is present and like returns putts. So like like just trot them out there like they're they're gonna lose their minds. Watch and damn, you got me, you got me.
1: That's why I always thought they should have just lined up just just one day on the first day of spring practice just just because everybody would have immediately written an article just like put DeWand with like the tight end group <laughs> just for the first twenty minutes of practice before the media gets kicked out and maybe even you know. As a as a as a former reporter, I know the game, which is they'll kick you out and then they'll immediately go to go to team, but you haven't seen the lineups yet, so you slowly walk out, so you so you see who's out there. So maybe my my if I'm them, I I put DeWand out there with the first team offense at tight end, and and just <laughs> I just want to see the freak out from from Ohio State fans. So if
0: that's what's happening, I commend them. I mean, but the cap, just, yeah, man, I... great job. I, I don't I don't think that they would they would do that. But like if you're gonna no, work I would, I, if, I would hope not, actually. In, if, in all honesty, if you're be, gonna but it, it's bad. it's just like the way that they are with like how secretive they are about like injury reports and stuff like that, like they act like it's a state secret. Like if you're gonna work the media with like gimmicks and shit like that, like about like hiding people's injury status or something, like you may as well do something like this. At least it's fun and cool and like I respect it, but oh, man, I just I can't believe a three-second clip of a punt return got me this worked up in in fucking March. So
1: that's... I can't believe that I had to be the sub, in when I can only imagine how long you guys would have gone if, if if Ryan was on this show. I yeah. can
0: only imagine. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have to pull it up. Well, we're I'll bring it up next next week when when me and Ryan are back. But if you want, to I have hope that he gone... takes
1: all the punt return reps in the spring game. That's all I hope. <laughs>
0: It would, it would be very funny. Like, it, it, I, I'm just I'm hoping it's a bit at this point. But it's ball tracking. God, <laughs>
1: ball tracking, ball tracking. Honestly, the funniest possible reason they could have said.
0: Yeah, like he, he could have said like I'm worried about like I I, I want to get better at creating after the catch, like making people miss my shiftiness, like following blocks, like literally anything else. But no, my ball tracking.
1: It's gonna be a problem if uh, he's gonna be tracking uh throws as if they're punts yeah that would be a, would be a problem with the, that that's a little telling on the quarterbacks
0: that's true um yeah true.
1: i don't know not to not not to can not to further concern you but
0: uh yeah i'm he'll be fine i just i i again i was just more was more just confused than anything else like what, like, what the hell are we doing huh but they're just out there having fun They're just, they're just, they're just having a great time Yeah, and we're, we're having a great time, but I think it's, it's, it's it's time for us to, uh, to depart. I think, uh, we got to wake up bright and early. You got to wake up bright and early to watch the Bucks play it. What what is that? It'll be like 1130 your time.
1: It's glorious. You know, the big 10, the the big 10 tournament, I'll wake up you know, you do your morning stuff. By nine a.m. on the West Coast. I'm watching Big Ten Hoops. I mean yeah, I love that. That's that's living the life, let me tell you.
0: So um, you you will I think you will have a good idea before lunch about whether or not Ohio State's gonna advance. So that's that's pretty cool. I don't know.
1: Given the Wisconsin game, uh, anything true. is possible. Anything is possible.
0: <laughs> that's true. But um we will we will uh certainly tune in i will certainly tune in um i I can't i can't stop watching no matter how frustrating it is but i i will i will tune in so we will we will see and uh we don't have dj or me and ryan to tag team it so i guess i'll just sign us off go bucks michigan sucks and help is on the way god willing